I said good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I didn't came in 422 all the way up here. Y'all gonna say good morning back to me. <laughs> Listen, before we begin, though, um, uh, this past um, in May, I had the opportunity of going and visiting my grandfather, who we buried. Uh, and was cremated down there in the Arlington National Cemetery, for he too was a member of the United States Coast uh, Guard, and my mother was in the Air Force, and my father was in the Navy, so I grew up on Little Creek, grew up at, well, my mother was away, I went to Omaha, Nebraska, stayed on uh, Langley, Am Langley Air Force Base, also in Virginia, but those persons that were standing uh, to be acknowledged, if you could just the, the, the Navy, could you just raise your hand one more time, please, those members that were in the Navy, please, tell me your name, please. Mr. Blaine, let's thank Mr. Blaine, please. Clap your hands, sir. Come on. Come on, please. And the gentleman in the back, say your name, please. Mr. Rick, clap your hands for Mr. Rick, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then the Army, the gentleman that were in the Army, please. Tell me your name, young man, please. Mr. Chris, clap your hands for Mr. Chris, please. Thank you. Thank you. Who else was in the Army I saw? Please tell me your name, please. Mr. Jason, clap your hands, please, Mr. Jason. Go ahead, tell me your name, please. Say it. Let's thank God for Mr. Gary, please, thank you. Listen, I know, I know this is a part of my 20 minutes, I'm okay, go ahead. Tell me your first name. Tell me your first name. Gary. Mr. Bob, was that Mr. Bob? Say, clap for Mr. Bob, please, thank you, Mr. Bob. And young man next to him. Tell me your first name, please. When there's someone right next to you, I thought I saw raise his hand. That was it. All righty. And what about the Air Force? I saw the gentleman in the back. Where are you at? I see you. Tell me your name, please. Greg. Mr. Greg. Thank God for Mr. Greg, please. Thank you, Mr. Greg. Thank you. Members of the Navy, don't forget our very own uh, pastor here, Pastor Ricky. Let's thank God for Pastor Ricky and his time in the Navy, right? Thank you. The gentleman that was also in the Air Force, tell me your first name, please, from the band. Mr. Walk, thank God for Mr. Walk, please. Thank you. Wasn't there another band member I saw stand as well? Another band member I thought I saw as well that had stood up. We thank God for them. Thank God for the Coast Guard. What about the Marines, though? I can't forget about the Hoorahs. Where are you at? Tell me your name, please. Mr. Bob again. Mr. Bob again. Thank God for Mr. Bob. That's good. That is good. Were there any more Marines, please? Tell me your name, please. Go ahead. Mr. Shutting, let's thank God for Mr. Shutting, please. And was there one more? Yep, go ahead. Tell me your name, please. Miss Sandy. Sandy, thank you so much, Miss Sandy. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Do me a favor, just bow your heads very quickly, please. Come on, bow your heads, please. I want to pray for those that have lost someone as well. And the sacrifice fighting by your side, the family and the friends. I want to pray for the veterans because sometimes we have continued wartime wounds. Also praying for the veterans that have physical wounds that we can see, such as limbs, but then also those who are scarred emotionally. For Lord, we know that nothing is hidden from you, that even those that suffer in silence, you still see. In Jesus' name, amen. 
There's a little video that we had prepared. Just play that, please, just to show our gratefulness from St. James United Methodist Church. As you all know, we were recipients from last Christmas Eve. Play that for us, please, Amy, Eric, please. Listen, I just wanted to show y'all very quickly because as you all know, we were recipients of what you all had donated and we're grateful for that. Let me give you a quick tour real quick. Listen, this is our dance studio. Babe, don't touch, don't step on the rag, man. Don't step on it. This here. That's like, show them that thickness, babe. Show them the thickness. That thickness, this is here, used every uh, Monday and Wednesdays from 6 o'clock p.m. until 8 o'clock p.m. Our competitive cheer and our praise dance team are in here. Also on Sundays, they're in here. And then the, the seniors, the senior ladies, <coughs> they're in here too, doing exercises. All right, that's that. Come on, I don't want to be too long and boring. Come on. Then over here, this is our uh, what our young men. Come on, y'all are good. This is our young men in here. Uh, you all know that a big portion. Check out the turf on the floor. Uh, you'll see the workout. Come on, check out the facility down here. Come on, babe. Close my bag, guys. See all the equipment right here. Extremely grateful. Thank y'all so much. Hey guys. Hey fellas, coach, real quick, do me a favor. Yeah. Fellas, just say thank y'all, Pastor Ricky. Thank, thank you, Pastor, Pastor Ricky. And say thank you, New Hanover Church. Thank you, New Hanover Church. Listen, man, there's still so much opportunity, but we're grateful for even the seeds that y'all sowed. Come on, baby, come on. Again, I'm probably sitting in a pulpit right now, but Pastor Ricky, New Hanover, listen, thank y'all so much for your commitment. Thank you so much for your prayers. Listen, don't mind this. Yes, there's, come on outside, come on. You see it, though. Yes, there's still some upgrades. I don't want to say it too loud. As long as the asbestos isn't touched, refined, there still is some need. But listen, we're here. I can't make an excuse. You know what we're battling out here. I'm grateful for y'all. Thank y'all. Listen, let me preach real quick, please, and bring the word of God. Thank y'all. Come on. Amen. I'm in my... I'm in Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. You can see it on the screens behind me. Eric, Amy, I'm going to get y'all because that video should not be part of my 20 minutes. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> That's what got me caught up at the 8 o'clock. Is there anybody here from the 8 o'clock service that snuck on over here for the 9 o'clock? I see you. Good, good, good. Matthew chapter 14. Put that up there, please. Starting at the 16th verse. I'm coming out of the NIV version this morning. The Bible says, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over again. I want to read one more time, just verse 16. You don't have to put it up there. But it said that Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. The disciples answered, we have only here five loaves of bread and only two fish. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Y'all not going to believe me this morning, New Hanover. He gave thanks even when it wasn't enough. Got 5,000 people. 5,000 people to feed, two fish, five loaves of bread. Even without having enough, he gave thanks, broke the loaves, then gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the people. 
They all ate and were satisfied. Then after everybody ate and was satisfied, the disciples went around with 12 baskets and collected all the leftovers. I want to preach this morning following this sermon theme of gratitude that we're in, but I want to just say, where are your manners at? Where are your manners? Arm yourself with a writing utensil or even in the Bible app. Pull that out because there's some keys and principles that I want you to get. Modern-day critical thinker and comedian, syndicated radio show host on XM I was listening to, said uh, that Americans are the only ones in the world who will spend $270 at the supermarket and still stop by at Chick-fil-A on the way home. <laughs> for some going out to eat, it's a treat. But for others, it's a way of life. Unfortunately, the second group is becoming the majority. Eddie Yoon, a study or researcher out of Harvard University, writes that those in this country that love to cook are only 15% right now. Only 15% of the American population like to cook, 50% said they love to cook, and 35% are ambivalent about cooking altogether. I wish my wife would have told me she was in that 35% before we got married. <laughs> in this culture, though, listen to me. Write this one down, too. Are y'all writing this stuff down when I'm saying these things? <laughs> Write this one down, though. In this culture, listen, cooking is now at the same trend as sewing was. Let me break that down. In the early 20th century, people made their clothes. But today, over 95% of what you wear, you bought from the store. And the same is becoming increasingly true about what you consume. According to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, the average household, the average household spends $3,008 a year dining out. Whatever you saved in convenience has cost you in cash. Take, for instance, even lunch. If you eat out every day at work and you spend just $10 per meal, it equates to $2,500 per year. Meanwhile, if you bring your own lunch, it tabulates to less than half of that. Truth of the matter is that when we talk about tightening our budgets or very rarely do we even assess the fiscal value of eating at home. But I want to make a challenge to you all this morning that I want you to write it down or look down so you don't have to make eye contact with me. But I want to challenge y'all this morning <laughs> that for one week, y'all, literally for one week by the end of December, church, I want y'all to not eat out for lunch for an entire week. Half y'all didn't make eye contact, so that's all right. You're saved. <laughs> but think about it. I'm giving you... Just a 45-day challenge, because part of our problem as believers is that we don't have much of a model for eating home in scriptures. Most often when we catch Jesus eating, it's on the run. Isn't it amazing that in the three years of ministry, we only saw Jesus eating out two times? One time when he's at, or eating in a house two times. One time when he's eating with Mary and Martha, and then the second time we find him eating in the house with the Last Supper. Every other time we stalk the master and he's out eating in public. I find out from diligent research that beside fast food, that the, uh, the bistro that has benefited the most off the backs of Americans are buffets. As quiet as it's kept, these cafeterias are raking up in cash primarily from Americans. What's overlooked is the low overhead. There's some things that I want to unpack to you about the buffet that has economic implications and gratitude implications that we were not aware of before this morning. 
The buffet, listen to me, church, has very minimal overhead. It has very minimal overhead because it has very minimal wait staff. They're able to win because they make you do all the work. So you pay to get, and then you're forced to feed yourself. Even in Japanese steam buffets, not only do you serve yourself, but in a Japanese buffet, you even cook for yourself. <laughs> I told y'all about my wife, that 35% number, right? And many of you may have a problem because you don't even understand that you are escaping the work at home just to go pay and serve. And maybe that's implicit to the problem that we're now a part of in our generation is that everybody, even in ministry, wants to be paid to serve. Nobody would do it out of the goodness of their heart or that is a reasonable sacrifice. Everybody now wants to know what's in it for me? Where's my check? Are we going to compensate me for folding the bulletin on Sunday mornings? Jesus is very clear that if you want to be great, all you have to do is serve. A subliminal suggestive tactic used in a buffet that I want to bring to your attention is that when you go in a buffet, listen, they give you smaller tools to work with. For things like rice and vegetables, you're given large spoons. But when you get down to the meats, they give you tongues. They give you tongues, why? Because buffets focus on two demographics, seniors and young people both of whom have trouble managing it. So because you can't manage the tongue, you will drop the bigger portion, get frustrated, and pick up a smaller piece. Or because of your age, you're dealing with arthritis or carpal tunnel, and the line begins to grow because you want to avoid embarrassment, then you forego so somebody else can go. They don't give you supply, and they don't give you the tool that is necessary to get something bigger. I want y'all to do me a favor very quickly. Whichever is your strong hand, whichever is your writing hand, I want you to lift up that hand, please. I want to pray over every lifted hand that's lifted up, that I'm praying, God, that this week, this week, church, that you'll give them the equipment and that hand to move something big, church. Y'all missed it right there. I want you to, not, not small stuff, I need God to give you something big in that hand, but, but not too big for you not to be able to manage it. To the naked eye, you can't even tell, but in the buffet, they even give you smaller forks, smaller knives, smaller spoons. It's so dramatic unless you aligned it with the one that you have at home, because they want to limit your capacity of intake. And not only do they give you smaller forks, knives, and spoons, but you also get smaller plates, smaller bowls, so that to work on your subconsciousness so it looks like you have a lot. And when it looks like you have a lot, you become subconscious and go back to your seat. But the good news about God that we served is that, do you know what he said? He said that my cup runs over. So no matter what size that people try to give you, that God is going to give you more than that. The Bible said that Joshua sent 12 spies to go and look at the promised land. They came back and said, that's too big for us. We look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. In New Hamburger, they thought they couldn't handle the grapes and they needed a pole to help carrying out. And there are people who are intimidated by your own destiny because it looks too big for the size that you are now. But God says that I'm going to make you large enough for you to carry what it is that I have in mind and in store for you. A lot of people can't get with you. Why? Because they're afraid of your appetite, church. They want you to get full on the appetizer, but they don't understand that what I have now isn't the main course. And God, get ready to get me something bigger than what I have in life and what it's have in store for me. Not just for myself, 
but even for the people that are around me. In case you didn't notice, there's a small nuance of buffet that warrants your attention and critical thought. Why is it at the buffet that all of the food you want comes with it, but the drink is charged separately? The human body can go 21 days without food. Gandhi surpassed it, Jesus went 40, but you can't go seven days without water. So, so they'll give you access to what you don't need and then charge you for what you can't live without. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus began to pray so fervently until his tears began to turn in blood, and he never said, this, this, this bread pass from my mouth. He said, let this cup pass from my mouth. And Jesus is dangling on the cross. They offered him not bread. They offered him a cup because they realized that he could go without something to eat, but he couldn't go without something to drink. I got to ask you something. Got to ask you something, Pastor Gil. What is it that you feel that you can't live without this morning? And how many days do you think you could survive without it? There's some of you that are thinking, I can't live without my Starbucks. I can't live without my car. I can't live without my house. I'm not preaching to you right now. I'm preaching to those of you that know I can't live without him. I can't live without God. I can't let a day go by that whatever you do, please, God, don't let your Holy Spirit leave from me. Those of you that can only survive off of Gucci bags, I'm not talking to you, but those of you that know that God is the air that I breathe, that in him I live and in him I move and God don't leave me where I am God and yet yet you sit in church or we sit at home as if you're doing God a favor by coming in I want you to lift up those mouths of yours right now and say I can't let a day go by without giving God glory for him waking me up this morning I'm trying to think if I should keep going because that clock, y'all, that clock in the back, that is the worst enemy, man. My gosh. Golden Corral. They monitor the, uh, they monitor the waste to track down how much is actually being eaten and was thrown in the trash. So the stuff that is more expensive, you're not going to believe it. The stuff that's more expensive comes out in smaller pans, so you feel like you have to wait for it to be renewed. And they already got it in the back, but they're just waiting for you to put in a request for when it has run out. Banking on your impatience that you'll go back to which has a surplus and which is cheaper. Y'all are missing that right there. I want to tell you something right now. Wait on God. Wait on God to give you specifically what you've been praying for because other people around you, they're getting full off the stuff that don't even matter. But I'd rather get through a season without if it means that at the end of the day, I'm going to get exactly what it is that I've asked God to deliver in my life. Jabez, he prayed the prayer. Lord, enlarge my territory. And depending on the model of car that you have, there's a sticker on the rearview mirror that says objects are more closer than what they appear. And that's what I want to tell y'all this morning, that the person sitting right next to you, that whatever it is that you've been praying for is much closer than what it looks right now, that I am closer now than I have ever been in my life, that the enemy tried to make me feel like I was long and far away. But God said, because you got yourself up at church this morning and dragged yourself in here, that you are closer than what you've ever been. Somebody say to yourself, I'm closer now 
Come on, say it. I'm closer now. I dare you. Shout it out loud and say, I'm closer now. <laughs> Type that on the bottom of the screen, those watching online. I'm closer now. I'm in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus just got news. Just got news that uh, his favorite cousin John just got beheaded. So he tried to take some time off, church. And uh, yes, he's all God, but he's also all man, y'all. And this doesn't have nothing to do with the sermon, but, but God is all holy, and watch this, and still goes through a season of grieving. Am I talking to anybody right now this morning? I got no idea what's that for, or who's that for, but I don't want you to ever think that you got so much anointing on your life or that you love God so much on your life that you still not going to never have to grieve. I don't want you to ever think that with all the glory on the life that you're never going to have to go through a season where you're not going to have a dark night on your soul or when you're trying to figure out what it is all for. I need some real people that can know that sometimes grief will just jump on you without any announcement. It's not a holiday. It's not a birthday. But some days I need some real people right now that you just pick up the phone and you remember that you can't even call them anymore. There's some stores that I just can't even go in anymore. There's some, there's some songs that if I hear it, I got to pull over the car. Don't tell me when to stop grieving. I still have to deal with the pain of it sometimes. And he's dealing with that level of grief. Y'all are so quiet right now. Let me just say that right now. Either y'all are asleep or this is really good. It's, I'm thinking y'all are asleep. <laughs> and, uh, and he's dealing with the level of grief. So he needs some time to himself. And he wants to pull away from the growing crowd. I want y'all to notice this, though, y'all. Jesus has been serving people, praying for people, healing people. And now that everybody, now that he's grieving, nobody brings Jesus a card. Don't nobody bring him a hug. Nobody checks to see if he's all right. His cousin just died, John. The problem for being strong the problem for being strong is that people are never prepared for your weak moment. I just said something right there. Don't you dare take my strength for granted. That even with all the power that's on me, there's some days that I'm falling apart and I ain't got nothing left in me. Don't ask me what's wrong. You already know what's wrong. Just, just give me a minute to get my bearings together, please. And Jesus is grieving, y'all. Don't nobody bring him a pound cake. Don't nobody bring him a Hallmark card. Nobody even gets him a fruit display from Edible Arrangements. Nothing. He's trying to get some time to... It's negative 233, y'all. No, no, no. I want to get invited back. But listen, listen, listen. I got to stop. Of course... Of course y'all gonna clap on that part. Thank God he's done now. That's it. Listen, come back for the 1030 service. I don't think there's another service after that one. Let's pray real quick. God, I thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, God, for this moment. God, I give you all the glory reminding us of not taking your love, not taking your grace for granted. God, I thank you, Lord, for even in this very moment, even as the band comes back up to help us close out and finish worshiping, I thank you, Lord, for allowing the seeds that were planted, God. And, oh, Lord, at the 1030 service, 
will be ever so mindful to get ready to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Reverend Bryce uh, knows that I don't pay attention to the clock. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Should I bring him back, you know, at later, you know, another time here? <laughs> uh, Reverend Bryce, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for bringing the word today and, uh, and for your lovely wife, Ebony. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, we're blessed by your presence, blessed by your word, and thank you for just bringing it and just being you as you bring the word of God uh, to us. And thanks for all of you who are, had your ears and your hearts open to receive your word. And I pray that what he was sharing with you has been a blessing to your life as we go through this uh, series of the attitude of gratitude. To know the, the, the notes that you took, to be able to not just take the notes, but how you can apply it in your lives. Now, I'm going to have the band to come up, and we're going to lead out into the last song that's titled Love Comes Down, amen? So at this time, I'm going to ask you to please stand and, and join them as we worship and end this uh, service here today. God bless all of you. <laughs> <laughs> 